alive this day. That song hit me, I ain't gonna lie. I was <laughs> still trying to take it in. Um, so we all should be already at Romans chapter five. I like how Brandon read it. I like the translation he read it for, from, but I just want to read it one more time for emphasis so we can get it, really get it in our minds. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had, who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For by the one man's offense many die, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through one who sinned, for the judgment which came for one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteousness act, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will, become, will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Amen. So that as sin reigned, so that as sin reigned in death, even so, Grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. A Christian legacy. A little backdrop. I think it was like Tuesday night. My mother asked me. She banged up. I'm, mind you, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to sleep because I'm about to go to work the next day. All I hear is, I'm like, yes. She says, you figured out your sermon yet for Sunday? And I was like, yeah, I pretty much got everything. She's like, I want you to do legacy, legacy, legacy. Wow. But, but I'm going to show you how God works. Okay. All throughout the week, I'm, I'm having my own idea of what I'm about to preach on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm still going to go over my notes. I look at, I'm looking through all my notes on my, on my iPad. And I'm like, yo, I, I just preached this sermon that I'm about to preach on Sunday, like literally like a couple months ago. Like, so I can't do that one again. It's too fresh in people's mind. <laughs> but God works so amazing. God is so amazing because through the same exact scripture, I was able to see how what he really wanted me to, to speak on. Well. And a Christian legacy is so important because we need to understand, first and foremost, that everybody leaves behind a legacy. Yeah. See, a legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a predecessor. See, the decisions of the past generations leave an imprint on the following generations. So a lot of times when we think about legacy, we think about money, right? What can you leave in my inheritance? I'm hoping that my inheritance is, 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 a, is a vast amount of riches, well. <laughs> right? We often think about wealth, but we never think about how our decisions play in, 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 our, in our generation's life as legacy. 
and as inheritance. Inheritance is much more than finances. The decisions that you make now are going are to determine how your, how your kids are going to navigate life as they grow. So I hope to take a complex scripture and make it simple so that everybody can understand it. You guys with me? All right. So in, in this scripture, Paul is here speaking on sin and the impact it has left in the world. Now, sin started with one man. One man. Somebody, I'm, I'm hoping somebody looked at me and said, Adam and Eve. Well, <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we look at the scripture, it's mentioned that Adam. Why? Somebody, my sister right here said it. I know she's going to say it. That's right. <laughs> But in, a, in, in scripture, the man is, 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 is the leader of the house. So that means a lot of times we talk, when leader dies, we talk about power. We're thinking about power. But it's also responsibility and accountability. Because if you're, the, if you're the leader of the house and your house is not where it needs to be, you take the blame for that because you're the head of the house and you're the leader of the house. So in the scripture, Paul is, me, is mentioning Adam. And Adam is, is said to, to, to have said, be the start of sin in the world. And when we, everybody knows the story. I don't have to reiterate the story of, of Adam and Eve and, and, and the serpent and all. We, we know the story. The importance, of, the importance of the story is to understand that through that, through that first initial sin, now every other generation is plagued by sin. See, the, inherit, the, the legacy that Adam left behind was a legacy of sin. So that every other, every other generation that came after Adam that was what they was about. You look at Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel was a result of what happened in the garden. Because if they, if they were still in the garden, would, would that happen? Would what happened with Cain and Abel have happened if they were in the garden? Absolutely not. So the, the, the sin of the father passed down to the sin of the son. And so on and so on. And now we're here. So understanding that is, is crucial to, to, to just understanding Christian legacy because we have to understand that our, the only legacy that we had before Christ was sin. The only thing that we had to look forward to, and it's really not nothing to look forward, it's not nothing to look forward to, is sin. So if we, if we can understand that and understand that we were passed down sin through generation after generation, then we can understand that like we were in a really bad situation, <laughs> a really bad spot. And it wasn't, it wasn't until God sent his son to change the narrative, to change what we can have, that we see a difference. And could you imagine being known for the first sin? Like, look at Adam. Like, Adam, that's what you're known for. Adam and Eve, that's what you're known for. You guys are known for committing the first sin. Well, typically we think about first people, but we're like, we, we get over the first people really quick. We're like, they were the first people to ever, to ever exist. But then we get over that really quick, and then we'd be like, oh, but they, they, everybody always says the apple. It wasn't no apple, it was a fruit. The Bible just says fruit. <laughs> so we automatically always skip to the sin. So it's like you're known for, for sin. And then that gets passed down to your children. And then that gets passed down to their children. And what we see is a corrupt world that God eventually has to flood. <laughs> and it was, imagine a world so corrupt that God had to flood everything to get rid of it. it was, I just didn't want, he didn't want to see it no more. So he flooded the whole world to get rid of the sin. But because the life 
because of what Adam sent, because the, the, the legacy of, of Adam and his sin is still carried through to after the flood. So the flood was to wipe off the corruption of, of man and to give the earth a fresh start. But because of the legacy that was left behind by Adam and through, the, through his line, sin still manifested itself in, life, in, in, in everyone's life. So when you understand that, you can see how like that happened. And then and, and back, back in this time, you know, there was no law. So God didn't charge the people's sin against them in that time. So people would just do what was ever, what was ever in, the, in their mind to do because they, they, didn't, they weren't aware of God's standard. See, there were select men back then who, had, who, who, were, who were made aware of God's standard and what God wanted for his people, and they were to leave, but not everybody followed them, and a, and a vast majority of people did not. So what we're seeing is that the, 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 from one man, Adam, we have a world of sin. We have the world that we're living in right now. If you look, out, if you look outside to the world, there's so much corruption. It's in, in, in this world that we're living in, but you have to understand that started from one man. And that is a legacy passed down. That, that's why I like to phrase the coin, the sinner's legacy. See, the only thing that, that sh- without God, the only thing we have look, to look forward is the sinner's legacy. What is this? If, 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 if you're living the sinner's legacy, what is your inheritance? Death. Sin leads unto death. So if you are living according to the sinner's legacy, then you, you have nothing to look forward to other than death. And I know you can look forward like, well, what if, what if my father is rich? What if, what if and I have money and I'm, and I'm living this life? What happens after you die? There's nothing to look forward to after. So it's important to understand that, that although these, these individuals did not have um, something to, 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 to be charging is because sin wasn't held against individuals back then. It's also important to understand that just because God didn't charge sin against individuals before the law, that does not mean that sin did not have a negative effect on the, on the people. So it's important to understand. You can say, well, he didn't, why, why, why would he charge us now? If he, he let people do what they want to do back then. It had a negative effect. That's the point of the corruption. See, sin was corrupting the world. God didn't charge individuals because of their sin, but it was still having a negative impact on the world. And if sin is death, that means it was killing everyone on the earth. Think about it. Brother killing brother because God accepted accepted his sacrifice and didn't accept somebody else's sacrifice. My father talked about love in Bible class. There was no love. For somebody to kill their brother because of jealousy and ascension, that's not love. So without God in a sinful world, the only thing that, that results is death. Because there's no love. There's nothing to turn us to good action. So every man is going to do what they, what they want. In if God's not going to hold me accountable for my sin, why am I going to do, do what's right? So God, therefore, brought the, the law into the world. So that men can be made aware of his standards. And then being made aware of his standards, now it's like, now you, you know what's, what you're doing is wrong. Are you going to keep doing what's wrong or are you going to get right? But even in that, God gave way out, but it wasn't a permanent way out. And it wasn't until he sent his, his only begotten son down the cross that we can have an, a chance at everlasting life. 
and have a, have a chance or get a crack at a Christian legacy. See, a Christian legacy is one that leads to a different standard of living. If, you're, if, you, if you belong to the Christian family, you ought to be trying to live according to your Christian legacy. It's setting, it's setting forth a standard of different action than, than we previously have seen forth. I say in my notes, Jesus broke the mold of sin with his perfection, giving us a chance at doing the same thing and showing us that we are not to be held hostage by the legacies that are left for us. Anybody in here ought to say amen when I said that? Because you know that if it's up, somebody, even in your own families, if you were bound to, what your, to the, what, what's normal in your family, you'd probably be miserable. Because the things that, the things that, that your generations and generations left for you was nothing. And now you, you, you have an ability to abandon that and join something, be a part of a family that has a legacy that is so fruitful, that, that can bear so much in your life. And that's a blessing in of itself. I can stop preaching and sit down and we'd be all good. Because to understand that what God did for us was allow us to be a part of his family, and in his family, there's a legacy. There's history of doing right. There's history of righteousness and goodness that does not exist in the world. If I understood that, then I, then, then I, I want to be a part of <laughs> I want to be a part of the Christian body. I want to be a part of a Christian legacy. It's just like we're proud of our of other legacies more than we are of our Christian legacy. Think about it. We people like, people go to college and, and they join all, all type of sororities and fraternities and, and they, they, they wear the they wear the gear, they do the dances, they do everything. How many of y'all wearing gear for Jesus? How many of you would put on a shirt broadcasting your faith? How many of y'all will ride, some of y'all will ride out for your fraternity or your fraternity brothers and sisters more than you would for your brothers and sisters in Christ? That, I caught some people with that one because they was like, the shirt, I could do the shirt. You know, I could do the shirt. But <laughs> the riding out part is a little harder, right? Being there for people because that's your brother and sister in Christ is a little harder. So really what I want us guys to see is that with a legacy, it's almost just like there's the standard that you're looking up to. There's a standard of living that you're looking up to. So it's kind of like um, when you go to a historic school and you walk through the hallways and you're, like, and, and you're looking at all the people that went there before you, all the amazing people that went there before you, and you're like, wow, I'm going to be a student here? Well, I'm going to be a part of this legacy? And you, you, like, it's almost in that moment you embrace the journey. How many of us look at scripture in that manner to say, wow, I'm going to be a part of the lineage of God? I'm, gonna be, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to be a part of my journey. The things that I'm going through is going to impact people the way that scripture impacted me. I have, I have an opportunity to be a part of a Christian legacy, something that is bigger than myself. Some of us, we, we've never been a part of something bigger than us. Everything in our lives has always been about us. It's all been all about what we want to do, where we want to go, how, how we want to do things. But then when you join something that is that you, you're willing to take the back seat for, you're willing to just sit down and listen because it's bigger than you. 
And, and that's what this is about. That, that's what this is about. Being a Christian is about, is about understanding the fact that we're really insignificant in the grand scheme of things. And just wanting to be a part of what God got going on. You ever see something so amazing? You're like, I just want to be a part of it. I don't got to be a lead. I don't got to be nothing. I just want to be a part of what they got going on. We all look at God like that. We all look at the church like that. We all look at, at being a Christian like that, to have that same setup, to have that same mindset to say, I just want to be a part of what God got going on. So we're talking about the fact that we were, we were basically left with a legacy that, that was not great, not good, not, a, not at all. It was not good. It was nothing but sin and death. And through Christ coming into the world, dying on the cross for our sins, we were then able to have something that is amazing. We have a legacy that, that leads unto life. Even, even if my physical body dies, I'm still living because I'm in heaven with God. So we were, we were left for death. We were given life. Now, what does that mean for us today? The decisions that we make today impact the person tomorrow. So it doesn't stop. Jesus did what he did, but what we do for, for how, how we do what we do and the decisions that we make today are going to impact the, 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 the future generations tomorrow. And that's important because we have to understand that the decision that you make, no matter, if you, no matter if you're only 18, 21, 24, the decisions that you make now are going to impact future generations for yourself. What you do now is going to determine who you're going to be when you're, when you're 40. So it's important that we're thinking about that and we're, we're having that on our mind. Because how many of us, actually, let me ask it this way. How would you feel if your whole life, you, you were, like your whole life, you've seen your parents given opportunity after opportunity to get as much money as they wanted. They, 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 they got loaded in their life. And they, they just got massively wealthy. And then God bless them on, on their deathbed. They tell you what you got, and then they say you ain't get nothing. <laughs> See, in that moment, you mourning. You mourning, right? You mourning, but once it hit, you're like, they didn't leave me nothing. They had all that money. They didn't leave me nothing. <laughs> nothing? <laughs> some, some of y'all look at me like, no, that's not, come on. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. They ain't leave you nothing. No. You're going to be upset. <laughs> you're going to be upset. You're going to be mourning, you're going to be sad that they're gone, but part of you is going to be upset. <laughs> what does that say about the life that we're living? We're given every opportunity to make sure that we're, we're, we're giving something to the next generation, to the people that come after us, and we're going we're, we're gonna to keep choosing to give them nothing. Nothing to live off of. Because what we do now is going to give our children everything to live off of. The decisions we make is going to leave an example for our children, a pattern to set for our children that they can follow after us. So if we're not living a life filled with good decisions and we're thinking about ourselves in, in every day of our life, we're not thinking about what our children are going to see, then we're doing our children a, a, a big disservice. And it's equivalent of leaving them nothing. And we had every opportunity to give them everything. 
So what am I saying? I'm saying that as people, as, as children of God, as people who claim to be to belong to the Christian legacy, we have to be thinking about the decisions that we're making. Because if we're not thinking about the decisions that we're making, our kids are going to feel the benefits, are going to feel the disservice later. Some of y'all looking at me like, he don't got no kids. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have kids. I, 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 but when I have kids, I want to make sure that I've lived a life that, that I can say to them, this is how you do it. You don't want to wait till you have kids to be trying to learn how to live right. Because now you learning and you trying to teach them at the same time. Now you, you fumbling. You fumbling. So you got to take the opportunity right now to get right right now. Because you know what your kids going to tell you? They're going to tell you, well, you did it when you, when you was my age. Why can't I? Why can't I experience life? We're gonna get to that a little later, but I just want to—I want to bring this up right now because the way to stop that is to make sure you're living what you doing, what you gotta do right now. Because your kid can't tell you that if you live the life you're supposed to live right now. So being being honest and being intentional about how we're living our lives is is so key to to being the the Christian that God has called us to be and to being part of this Christian legacy because the Christian legacy is one of righteousness. So we have the sinner's legacy, which is one of doing do whatever you want to do. I mean, we see it everyday life. People are doing whatever they want to do. When you go, when I, when I say whatever, I mean whatever. Whatever they can think of, they're going to do. <laughs> so people are just making whatever decisions they want to make without thinking about the repercussions, without thinking about what's the legacy they're leaving behind. And I said, you're like, no matter what you do, you're going to leave behind a legacy because, like I said, there's a sinner's legacy. So if you make the decision to, to be far off from God, if you make the decision to, to keep on sinning, to keep on doing what you feel like doing, then the legacy that you're leaving for your children is to do the same exact thing. It's interesting because a lot of times we don't, really, we don't necessarily think about how, what, we're gonna, how what we're doing right now will impact the future. Especially when you're young. Because when you're young, you're just like, Fast, 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 I'm living, I'm living. It's coming, I, I, I take it as it comes, right? And, and you're just living your life. And then, you, then life hits you. <laughs> and then you realize that <laughs> all the repercussions, I didn't see any repercussions before from living my life. Now I see them all coming at once. And it becomes something where it's like, wow, if I knew, th if I knew then what I knew now, I would have never... But in, in, all, in all honesty, if your parent has set forth the pattern of right living before you, you would have had what was, what was necessary to live correctly. I think I said something. It's not perfection, but it's the pattern of life. See, you can, you can make mistakes in your life, but is the mistakes that you're making a habit? There's a difference between a mistake and a habit. If it's a habit, you can't call it a mistake. <laughs> Every time you mess up, you know, I, I, it's, my, it's, just a, it's just an honest mistake. <laughs> How many times you did it? After a certain point, it become it, it's, it's a habit. You can't you can't call it you can't call it a mistake if you done did it ten times, twenty times, and you still trying to call it a mistake. 
at that point, it's like, like Sebastian said, it's who you are. So the decisions that we make constantly, habitually, are who we are. So if I say I belong to a Christian legacy, if I belong to a standard that is set by God, then yes, I'll make mistakes along the way. Yes, I'll fall along the way. But my habits will show something different. It's kind of like, all right, for those who, who are on a fitness journey, right? People say, don't, lose, don't weigh yourself every day. Why? Why, would, why wouldn't you? You want to know the ebbs and flows, right? Because you may be higher today, but tomorrow you're right back down low with your weight. And your weight will fluctuate. But the importance is the trajectory. Like, where, where is the weekly average? Where is that going? Because then I can, I can really understand if I'm progressing or, or, if, I, or if, I'm going, if I'm going the other way. Based on the average of that week, right? So as Christians, you're going to have days where you're struggling. And I, th I think part of, the, part of the reason why we don't talk about it enough is because people don't want to be honest. But there's going to be a lot of days where you're struggling as a Christian to do what's right. But you can't, you can't focus so much on the struggle that you can't see that it's ebbs and flows. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Stop focusing so much on the bad days because the bad days will take you out of your journey. And being, being able to look at the decisions and pairing them up, not with how you feel, but with the standard. This is the next thing I want to talk about in regards to this lesson. In the Old Testament, the law was given as a standard to the people so they could know God's standard. Mm -hmm. And yes, people were, because God had, had, had released his, his standard, if you went against the standard, you were charged for it. Why not? Right? We have to understand that the word of God, this whole thing that we got right here, is God's standard. So when we're living our life, you want to know how, how, how to live according to the, a Christian legacy. It's not looking... Sometimes it's not looking back at your father or your mother because they, they may not be in the same place spiritually as you. Sometimes it's looking at the word of God because that is our standard. And we ought to hold the word of God at a higher regard than even our parents. You want to know why people drop out of church? Because they held other people to a standard that was only meant for God to be in that place. See, God's standard is the only thing that we can look at and know it's going to be consistent every time. So if God's standard is the only thing we know we can look at every time, why am I looking at a man or a woman to, 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 to determine how I, how I ought to be acting? If God's standard tells me I need to be here every Sunday to not forsake the assembly, what am I going to do? Be here every Sunday and not forsake the assembly because I'm living up to God's standard. Some of y'all, yeah, yeah, you, your family does cert, has certain traditions and certain rituals in your family that you just follow because that's what the family does. And you follow it faithfully. If they meet, if they, if they meet every, every year for a barbecue in the summer, you there every year. You don't miss it because that's what the family does. But you're part of God's family. And what God's family does is, is, is live according to this word. So there should there should never be a point in time where we're looking at we're looking at the word we're looking at our, our family life 
and we're looking at the church and having a confusion. Why are you confused for? God is to be at the head every time. He ought to be the focal point every time. And we ought to put him at a high level of importance every time because if we are, then our actions are going to line up with somebody who belongs to a Christian legacy. I'm going to say this, but I don't want you guys to take it too far. Because some of, some of y'all, wanna, when y'all hear these two words, y'all think the lesson's over. <laughs> I'm telling you now, the lesson's not over. <laughs> these are some meditation thoughts that I want us to be thinking about. This don't mean five minutes and lesson's done. <laughs> and usually, usually, I have about three, three meditation thoughts. Today, I have six. But, but understand, understand this. It's for two sets of audiences. And this means a lot because when we talk about Family Emphasis Month, we talk about as, as the family goes, as the church goes. And I think it's important for us to understand that while Christ has left a legacy behind us that he wants us to follow, that in our own lives, there are, there are legacies that we, we try to leave for people and there are legacies that we we're trying to follow after that we have to be aware of how we're going about it. So I hope that these are some things that if you didn't, if you a lot of stuff in the lesson you did not understand about the, the legacy, you can talk to me after that and I can explain some more hopefully. But also, these things are, are practical things that I hope everybody can just listen and be like, ooh, I get that. Right? So the, the first set of meditation thoughts is, I have here, in order to make sure the next generation is left with something greater than you got, there are a few things you can do. So if you, these are people leaving behind a legacy. The first one is become aware of all the bad habits you've been taught and use the word of God as your standard. It's important for those who are trying to leave a legacy behind to be aware of their bad habits. And the only way you can do that in accordance to a Christian legacy is to know scripture, to be able to dig into scripture, to discern scripture, to learn more about you. That's the beautiful thing about scripture. Scripture is not only a, a big source of information about God, but it's also a big source of information about us. It's a mirror. Every time we look into the word of God, we learn more about us and who we are and where we need to be. So it's the same way that you look into the mirror. If you look in the mirror and you, your head looking crazy, you got, you, got, you got stuff on the side of your mouth or whatever the case may be, you immediately have a desire to fix it and you fix it, right? Same thing when we look into scripture. We ought to be looking into scripture, seeing what's wrong with us and being able to fix it according to what the word of God says, because it is our standard. So when you use the word of God as your standard, then you're able to look in it as a mirror and fix what you need to fix. Why is it important that we fix what we need to fix now? If you're trying to leave a, if you're trying to leave, um, a legacy for the next generation. It is because you never know what your child's gonna go through. You never know what's gonna happen in their life. They never, and you, you, you don't want to leave behind a bad way of dealing with situations. Because your habits, your hobby, the things that you think are just normal for you and anybody in your family is like this are the same things that can leave your child dead. That anger issue, that, that severe anger issue that you thought was just cool to, to uncheck because people just know not to mess with you. And then you look at your child and your child has the same issues as you. It's because you never checked your issues to set a better pattern of living for them. 
So now you're looking at them like, why are you looking at me like that? And they're looking at you like, because you're looking at me like that. <laughs> because you made a mini-me. You made a little you. You never, check, you never checked the things that were wrong with you. So now you're looking at them like, wow, you're so messed up. It's because you were so messed up. It's because you never got your issues fixed. Because you never checked your life. So if I'm able as an individual to, to learn more about myself and to learn what I need to fix about myself, then when I have kids, I, can, I, 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 had, done, I had done the legwork. I done, did all the work that I need to change myself. So if my child is having the same issues as me, I am in a much better situation to talk to them, to deal with them, because I done fixed it. So I know how to help them fix it. And a big part of that is honesty. We don't want to be honest with ourselves. Which is the next point, next meditation thought. I need us, I, see, I said us because it's all of us, to have honest conversations about yourself with the next generation. Mm. A lot of us don't, don't want to revisit our past. We don't want to talk about where, where we fell. You know why? Because we're embarrassed by our faults. But if we're honest, a lot of our faults are the reason we're here now. I, I can't tell you. There, 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 there are certain things growing up, certain, certain things I, I had to deal with as an individual that I thought I was all alone in dealing with those things. Am I the only person who felt that way? No. Who felt like there are certain things as an individual you're dealing with on, on, on a personal level and you feel like you're all alone in dealing with those things. And you feel like there's no one who understands you. And then you find out that your father, your mother, went through a similar thing. And you're, you're sitting like, I was struggling this whole time and you never said nothing. Like, you don't have the answers the whole time. Cause, cause, <laughs> and it may not even be, or have the answers to overcome it. It may be, I got the answers to how to endure. Sometimes we, we want the answer of how to overcome, but the answer is not how to overcome, it's how to endure, because this is something that God placed in your life for a reason, and he wants you to have it to keep you in check, but he needs you to be able to endure it so you can do the work that he has for you to do. And that's a part of the problem, because we think because we're enduring it, there's nothing to be taught to the next generation, but really, the best, the best lessons we can teach somebody else is how to deal with the pain. Because in life, the pain is always going to be there. And some days it's worse than others. And you have to learn how to get up every morning and still progress and still learn and still be the best version of yourself because God is calling you to do so. So the only way that can happen, though, is if you have parents, grandparents, who are willing to be honest about their life. You was a thug when you was younger. You was a thug. <laughs> You was a thug. You was a thug or a thugette, like Brother David said, right? You was a skirt chasing when you was when you was younger, and God changed your heart. He brought you from from one place to another place, and now you you look at the life of your child and you see you see the same trends of when you were a child in your child, and instead of Helping them to not go down the same path, you think in your mind, well, they got to learn. 
Did you not know that everybody is not given the same graces you have? Well, given? So where, whereas God had allowed you to overcome those things, that doesn't mean the same thing will happen for your children. So it's best to, if you learn something, if you, under, if you have a new understanding, if you've been given a new standard way of, of yeah, living yeah. life, you ought to require the same thing of your, ch of your child. Because you understand that what you was doing was wrong, so now I don't want my child to do something wrong. I want them to get ahead of where I was. You should want your children to be further along than you were. You shouldn't be jealous. Your child is doing better than you were because they got God in their life. Why are you jealous? Push them further. <laughs> Say, go to God more. Because the understanding is that if, we, if, if all of us are living according to God's standard rather than the world's standard, then our lives will look a lot different. And I'm not saying you're going to be rich. I'm not saying you're going to have everything figured out. What I'm saying is that no matter your life situation, you'll be able to endure because God makes survivors. God makes survivors. Christ went on that cross and he survived. Like, he died, he got back, he rose on the third day, he survived. They killed the man and he survived. God, God don't make no, no people that give up. God's people don't give up. God's people don't give in. If you tell us we can't do something, and, and according to scripture, we're going to we, we go ten times harder. And the last thing for people who are trying to leave a legacy behind, be intentional about the legacy you want to leave behind. Because like I said, everybody leaves behind a legacy. Even the person who never did nothing with their life. They're leaving behind a legacy of doing nothing with their life. Their child going to be lazy, just like them. Their child, their child, their child is not, is not going to have feel motivation to do anything because they've never seen their parents do anything. So the legacy is going to be left behind regardless. So why don't we build in our mind this, this sense of intentionality of how we want, of how we want our legacies to be left behind? What behaviors would I, do I want my child to see in me? What do I want them to, to be like when they get older? I'm not saying micromanage the children, because some parents, children hate it. I'm just, I'm just going to say, as a child myself, you know what? <laughs> children hate, children hate being micromanaged. They grow up and they end up resenting parents because of the micromanagement. So I, 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 I advise not to micromanage. What I would say is to, is to be intentional about your child's behavior. Because behavior is something that you either got bad behavior, you either got bad behavior or good behavior. There's no, there's no great area for behavior. So, uh, so you ought to be intentional about the things that you want your child to see in you. Like that, that's something that, that's really been on my mind lately. Like, what do I have to do so that the future me is proud of who I am? So that my children, God's willing, can be proud of who I am. Can say, I want to be like my dad. Because for me, I ain't going to lie, when I, when I was little, I thought my dad was a superhero. <laughs> like, for real, like, I really, I thought, because he, cause he used to work a lot. So I'm always thinking, like, all right, like, Superman. Like, he has to be a superhero. 
right? And, but there were also certain things that I've seen in him that I, over time, accumulated. Like cleanliness. <laughs> like my father, right? My father, this man loves to clean. You would have thought he was Mr. Clean. I'm not, not because he's bald, it was because like, he's Mr. Clean. But because of, because of who he is, there is things that I inherently just, just get. Behavior, pattern, man, mannerism, I'm tired of hearing it, to be honest. <laughs> but that's just what happens. Who you are as an individual gets passed down to your children. So if you want your children to be better off than you were, it starts with you. It starts with looking internally and say, how can I be a better version of myself so that my kids can be a better version of me? And I, I, th I think this one is one that touches hearts of people because it's like, I could tell, tell you what you need to be doing, but at the end of the day, it hurts, it hurts way more when it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect your kids. Some of y'all ain't get that. A lot of times people preach and it's about me, 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 me. How many times do we, do we understand or do we see in ourselves that it's bigger than me? It's about my kids, it's about my grandkids. It's about what I do with, what I do with myself is gonna affect how my kids are raised and how I raise my kids is gonna affect how my grandkids are raised and so on and so on. And that's gonna either lead them down a life of living with God or living with Satan. And nobody want to leave their kids with Satan. Like, when you say it just like that, clear, you want to leave your kids with Satan, everybody's like, what? Satan? But sometimes our actions is of such that we're leaving our kids with Satan because we acting like Satan. So the way we live in our life, having intentionality about the type of legacy we want to leave behind is going to be crucial for, for making sure the next generation is in a better position than we are. Uh, all the younger people don't hurt, don't hurt me after service. <laughs> for the next meditation thoughts are for the next generation. <laughs> the first one is you don't know it all, so take the time to learn. Amen. That's just a fact. And it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Right now, for the young generation, it is time to learn. It is time to, to be a sponge and to get all the information that you can about the standard that God has set for us. Because, like I said earlier, you don't, you don't want to be playing catch-up when, when, when it's your turn. And there are too many people out here living their life to their fullest extent, only to find out what, well, that when it's time to raise the next generation, they're, they're in a position to not raise their next generation. They're struggling to, to, to raise their kids because they never took the time to raise their mentality. They never took the time to gain understanding of what it took to be a, a, a crucial part of society, a crucial Christian in the church. They never understand, they don't understand what it takes to, to, to be a member of God's body. They don't understand the severity, the importance of living a life that coincides with the words and standards set by God. So when it comes to now, it's their turn to teach the next generation. They're in no position to, to, to impart any type of wisdom to the next generation because they're trying to figure it out themselves. So they're playing catch up. So we need to make sure that we are learning, we are, we are having conversations, we are trying to gain insight on who we need to be for the next generation. Because it's gonna come a lot quicker than we, than we can even think. 
Next thing. Just because individuals in your family did it before you doesn't make it right or acceptable in the eyes of God. Some things are better to learn from seeing someone else go through it and not through personally experiencing it. And like I mentioned it earlier, but like a lot of times that's the response. When a parent tells a kid something, but that parent's life has, hasn't necessarily been peachy and rosy, the response of the kids sometimes, you know, they're rude. Kids be rude nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but the response is usually, well, you did it. I seen you did it, so why can't I? That's the response. And I, I would say to the younger generation, we have to understand that if you see somebody else jump off a bridge, <laughs> you're not going to go running off the bridge. <laughs> you're not going to go running off the bridge. I mean, I mean but so, so that's a reality, though. Like, the, there are so many people, when, when we put it, in, when we put, when we put it in, in, a, in a straightforward example, it's easy to be like, yeah, of course I would have run off a bridge. But sometimes it may not be that. Sometimes it may be like, oh, you, you was in a relationship when you were this age, and you did this, that, and the third. And sometimes the parents seem like, I've seen this. I went through this. I don't want you to go through the same thing. So I'm trying to guard your heart. I think I said something. And all the parents, all, all the parents didn't see that. When I, when I, but the last set of med meditation talk, all the parents was like, <laughs> looking at me with an evil eye. Now, now all the parents are saying, amen. <laughs> now y'all want me to preach. <laughs> but the reality of it is, yes, there, there are mistakes that, that have been made by other individuals in our family, but we have to take a, a moment to just observe how those situations worked out. And I think sometimes we're so quick to, to be enamored by how the, the pictures that the world paints for us, but do you ever stop to just think about the result? We see the, we see the process, and we're so quick to jump in to the process, but we never take a look at the result of that process. So what I'm saying is like, Oftentimes, you can, you can watch a snippet of like how to, how to, how to put together an engine. Like for example, something, something, something simple, put, not, not something simple, but something, something like that, right? How to put together an engine. But you go try to put, it, put together an engine after watching the video. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> it's not gonna be as easy, because because all you saw was this snippet. All you saw, all, all that was playing in your mind is this snippet of how it was. It's glorified. Because you seen, oh, at this point in your life, you was doing this, you was doing that. You seemed to be having fun back then, this, that, and third, da, da, da. But you didn't, they didn't see the, 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 the crying. Right. They didn't see the pain. They didn't see the repercussions of, of, of those decisions. They didn't see how, oh, yeah, daddy was buying you all these Christmas gifts, but you wasn't seeing me having, me stressing and struggling to try to pay off the credit card bill. Yeah. They didn't see that. They ain't see that. So for them, they're, they're thinking like, well, I could just, when, they, when they're trying to get a credit card, what are they going to do? Swipe, 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 swipe. <laughs> thinking it's free money. <laughs> and that, that goes back to parents being honest with the, with the, with the next generation because if you're honest and you, and you see that, then they understand well, it's, much more, it's much bigger than just doing it. There's a lot of, there, there's results to it. There, there, there's goods and negatives to everything that you do. So there is ne there is, there's negatives that I wasn't seeing as a child. There's negatives that I'm not seeing as a child that my parents sees. But you have to be honest with them. Because kids, are we stubborn. We stubborn. 
So we need explanations for every. <laughs> How many times you try to explain something? I used to work um, in a in a in a day camp, and you try to explain something to a kid, and say, why? <laughs> why? Why? But why? Why? And you're like. But kids want to know, they want to they be explained everything. So, but as a parent, don't get frustrated. Tell them. Be honest. Because if you ain't tell them that they're going to they gonna go to the next person that will. And that, that next person may not, may, not be point, may, may not be honest and truthful with your child. So you have to be able to be a parent that is patient, that, that, that is ready to just be honest. The last thing I want the next generation to understand is, Remember the decisions you make now are gonna are gonna be left for the generation after you. This is something that like I don't know, it's just been heavy on my heart. Because I understand the things that I do now is gonna it could either leave a bag of issues or a bag of blessings from for, for, for the future generations. So like the things that like they said, the way you choose your life, the, the way you choose to, 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 to live your life can can make a world of difference for the people that come after you. It's kinda like if you if you spend your whole life Putting aside money for your children, and putting aside money for your ch- for your child's college fund, when they actually get to college, it's going to be an easier process for them because they're not going to have to worry about finances. <laughs> but, but if you say to yourself, "I cross that road when I come to it," <laughs> when that road comes, your p- your child is going to be stressed, and you're going to be stressed because they're going to be stressing you out. <laughs> right, Dad. <laughs> So we have to understand now that what we do now is going gonna, is gonna to be so crucial for what comes after us. Yeah. And we ought to want to leave the next generation after us with something they can look forward to. Amen. We are the first generation of the Bedford Street Church of Christ. Wow. Have you thought about that? So what we do as a church family now, the legacy that we leave behind for the Bedford Street Church of Christ now is going to impact the next generations that come up here. So our actions, the decisions that we're making are so important. We hold so much weight because we see what the first generation can cause for people. See, Adam was the first generation, and we've seen his iniquities and what they caused for all of mankind. We need to be checking our iniquities now so that when we look 10 generations from now, the Bedford Church of Christ is still thriving, still growing, and still doing awesome things for the, for the Lord. But the decisions that we make now are going to dictate where we're at 10 years from now. So we really have to be gearing up to make proper decisions. And I guess for the next generation, that, that kind of fits for all of us. Because everyone here came from another church. Everyone here came from, or either, either came from another church, or you were, or you were added to this church. And whatever you came from had a, a system, a way of doing things, a legacy that was left behind there. Now we have to be honest with the legacy that we, that we, that we received and ask ourselves what's good, what's bad, what we take with us on the journey. So yes, in our individual families, there is work that needs to be done because all of us come from vast, diverse backgrounds and histories that we need to do some work to understand what's according to God's standard and what's not. I'm going to do a lot of work for you. If it's not according to God's standard, throw it out. 
Because you're gonna spend you're gonna spend hours, you're gonna spend years and years trying to fit something into trying, trying to fit something into a life that if you just threw it away, you ain't gotta worry about it. <laughs> it's like with clothes, right? When you, when you accumulate a lot of clothes and then you start having stuff that you ain't even wear. And you try to how am I how am I gonna wear this? I, I gotta buy this to get this. And you try to get more stuff when God's just trying to tell you, just give it away. <laughs> Cause you ain't get a wear out of for you ain't get, you ain't wear it for ten years, but you trying to buy some shoes to match it today. <laughs> when there's somebody else in the world who can use that, who can use who ain't got no clothes, they ain't got no money to get clothes, and they can use it. It's better you it's better you just say, well, I'm just gonna give it away. So as a church family, we gotta be doing the same thing in terms of the spirituality and in terms of the spiritual sense of it, of saying to ourselves, there are a lot of things that we inherited from other people that were bad habits, that were not according to God's standard. They were just traditions, and they led to they led to confusion and they led to difficult times and stress. So we have to be checking our mind, checking ourselves individually to say, what did I pick up that was bad, and do I and, and I need to drop it. Say just, just straight out, I need to drop it. I need to drop these bad habits. I need, to, I need to strive and put in the work to achieve good habits, to build good habits so that my children after me and my children's children after me have a good foundation to build upon. Your children's foundation will be your back. What your children stand on, the foundation that your children live off of thrive off and make decisions off of will come off of who you are as an individual. So who are you as an individual? Are you according to God's word? Are you somebody who lives according to God's word? Are you somebody who is living by the standard of God so that your children now who come after you can say, I had a prime example of what it means to be a Christian. So now, since I had a prime example of what it means to be a Christian, I'm able to be, a, I'm able to be an even better Christian because I didn't have to do all the struggling that my parents did. You ought to want to do all the struggle, all the work, so that your kids don't have to. I think y'all got it. <laughs> so, so what I would say is, is, there may be somebody in here who all you got right now is, is the sinner's legacy. All, all you, all, all you got, all you got to look forward to is, is living the rest of your life and then dying and then being done, right? And 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 just not having anything to look forward to, right? Don't let that be your legacy. Don't let that be what you carry around you every day because as a family, right? I don't know how many of you are proud of your family, proud of who your family is. And you like, I'm a Mackenzie. <laughs> and you carry that with you. And there are some families where they, got, they get signet rings, they get everything, and they're so proud of their family, and they're so, they're so proud of who they are that they wear it on their chest. So as Christians, the question is, are we wearing our Christianity on our chest? Are we proud of a Christian legacy? Do we think, of, do we think about the cross on a daily basis? Do we think about the thorns on Jesus' head as he hung there and died for our iniquities, for our sins, so that we have a chance of belonging to God's family? We got here by blood. We, were, we, we, were, we got here by blood. So we ought to be grateful for the blood of Jesus. 
So there may be somebody here who, who's not a Christian. This might be your first time hearing the word of God. I just want to tell you that God loves you. And we know this because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Not my sins, not just your sins, but our sins, everyone's sins. So they may have a chance at everlasting life. All he asks you is believe in him. Just believe in him. Believe in him. Become a Christian. Get baptized for missions in your sins. And live an everlasting life with God, with Jesus. When you physical life over, well, I get to go to heaven. I get to, I get to inherit my inheritance. Some of us, your inheritance is nothing right now. But when you put on Christ, when you put on Jesus, you gain more than a million than a million dollars. You gain more than a billion dollars. Well, you know why? Because when this world ends, so does the money end. We give money value, but I tell you what, we can't place a value in what God has done for us. So when you join the body, you're getting an inheritance that is worth more than we can ever comprehend. And you may be a Christian in this audience. Quite frankly, a lot of us are Christians in this audience. But your life is not symbolic of somebody who belongs to, the, to, the, to, the, to Christ's family. You call yourself a Christian, but your life is not embodying Christianity. So what legacy will you leave behind your for your children? Are you leaving behind a legacy of, of, of righteousness, of goodness, or sin and mistakes? Or uh, my, my bad, bad habits. Because I can tell you right now, what you do right now is going to determine how your kids leave, live your life. And it don't, it don't, it don't, it don't, and the, thing, the interesting thing about it is, like, when you have a household, the mom can be religious and spiritual as they come, but the kid will gravitate to the dad. The kid will gravitate to, 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 to the unrighteousness or vice versa. So what I'm trying to say is that intentionality is highly important. And, I, and if you're here today, if you're in this audience today, it doesn't matter what your, what your spouse is. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, what, you, what your parents were. It matters what you are. It matters the legacy that you're leaving behind for your children. It matters if you're, if you're leaving behind a, one, a spirituality and righteousness and goodness that, that they can follow after and they, they see the pattern of life because they see mom or dad do it. Like, and that's what matters. What pattern are you leaving for your kids to pick up? And if, you, if, you, if, you're, not, if, you're, not, if you're not parents, if, you're, if you're, you're single as they come, you're single as a Pringle. You need, you need, you need. <laughs> You need to also understand that what you do is gonna have is gonna impact others as well. Amen. So you may so you may never have kids. You may never have somebody pass a generational, but you're gonna come in contact with people that they are your spirit that you are passing on a spiritual legacy to. And a spiritual legacy can be as important as a physical one, if not more. So we have to be con we have we have to be understanding that who we are today is gonna is gonna is gonna contribute to somebody else's life, and we ought to want to contribute goodness and happiness. We don't want to be somebody who's passing on nonsense. So let's make sure that we're a people that pass on goodness, happiness, and like my father said, love. 
And that's the lesson. If you have a response, you can come down to stand and sing.